0: who oh, it's Curtis tournament Curtis Alexander stern it's story time it is absolutely story time Curtis Alexander sternman 26 years old sits at his desk and wonders why is he still talking into a microphone when nobody cares what he's saying I'm just kidding life's Absolutely incredible Think about when you were younger Think about when you were a little, little person And you had some friendships That were kind of developing They were kind of getting to a point Where you were like, that's a good friend And then think about when you got older Think about when high school parties started to happen Think about when you were picking What college you wanted to go to Think about how great college was And then Consider the fact That all of that was a series of events to get you to a place where you are comfortable being you today. Life is absolutely incredible. I gotta tell you guys. I gotta let you in on a little secret. Okay. I know it's taking me twenty six years to admit this, but I didn't try to get tall. I know it's crazy. Right, We've all been to Lifetime, we've all been to those gyms We've all skipped over the tall machine Where we could easily spend a couple more reps, a couple more sets Just stretching our legs out, stretching our arms out And not all of us do it We just don't want to put the hours in But you know what I did, I showed up every single day I put my hours in and I got tall That's not reality, that's not how it happened I was born a little baby like everybody else And then I just didn't stop I didn't stop growing in fact, I've actually considered the idea that maybe my body just was like, listen, this kid just keeps pumping up. <laughs> got excited. This kid just keeps pumping us with food. So the best we can do is we can just try to grow up because he's making it really easy to grow out. And it's just not sustainable. This kid's going to blow up like that girl from Willy Wonka after not eating the gum like she was. Well, she was, wasn't supposed to eat the gum, but she ate it anyway. So I got Tall. When I was growing up, I thought, why does it seem like my graduating class in high school is so much bigger than the upcoming classes? And I swear, whether it was my parents who told me this or it was actually something that was the truth about when we were growing up. But I guess our parents were drinking milk that the cows were still getting HGH to get big and fat and delicious. And so that HGH was getting to the milk, which apparently was affecting, you know, they were taking it. And, you know, now they, they don't do any of that in the production of dairy. So maybe we're just the last kids that got like roided up basically during birth. And then here here we are now. 94 babies. What's up? So story, you know, sorry to burst anybody's bubble, but I didn't try to get tall. I just got tall. And the crazy thing is, did I become who I am because of me being tall? Or because of who's on the inside here? Right? Right? If I react my entire life based on the feedback I get from where I am in life and my interactions with people throughout life, who would I be if I wasn't six foot five? Who would who would that guy be? So cats out of the bag. I didn't try to get tall. I just am tall. And this is the life that I've been given. What's kind of messed up about it is my height got me some advantages, a lot of advantages playing in college. If I was 5'8, between like 5'6 and I'd say six foot, to be honest. Because six foot, I mean, even, even in recruiting, it's not that big of an advantage. For some positions, it would be. Six foot running back. Good lord, look out. If anybody remembers the name Ty Isaac, that kid was the stud in the conference that Marion Central Catholic played. He was at Juliet. I think he went to USC. Tall running back. He was a stud. Old lineman, six foot. Maybe a center if your feet were that good. If you could put a lot of weight on, throw a lot of weight around in the weight room, six foot would be very, very good. I wanted to go to Wisconsin growing up, and then I stopped growing because 6'5 at Wisconsin is like their center. I went to, I got invited to this, like, I think... um, it was like a local ESPN photo shoot. That was uh it took place at Elmhurst College when I was a senior. I'm pretty sure if you got like more than three or four offers, you got invited to all these events just because you were like the names that kept popping up in, in the papers. I went to an event with um oh why uh Posick, Ethan Posick. He was the stud. He was the stud of the territory where he went to LSU. Dude was huge. I remember going to that photo shoot and him for my little my little Go Hurricanes jersey. I saw Ethan Posick. And then I kept seeing him, you know, on on the huge games in college. But he was he was a big dude. He actually played center. He was like six eight, six eight center at LSU. So being tall, I didn't try to be tall, but here I am. And it is what it is. I mean, I'm so glad I got tall. I would have been this Bowling ball of a dude. I ate so much growing up. You can look at it in whatever way. I mean, I I got to a point where so my uh my dad remarried, and that woman, she really cared for for us, and and she didn't, I mean, she didn't have any kids before the marriage. So it was all kind of new to her, and you know, she like she really liked protocol and systems. So one thing that developed uh, quickly when we moved in because we so we ended up living with my dad uh, when I was in third grade. My sister would have been in fifth or sixth. And then my brother, I think, was a freshman or sophomore in high school. But we moved in and it was like Curtis weight loss. That was like priority number one of, of some of the other things that we had to kind of get taken care of and, and moving in. And we got these. Uh, so we had this big pantry. And we had these, she bought these, she loved the container store. And I love the container store. I mean, if you don't go into the container store as someone who like even remotely likes to organize things, what are you doing? Like the container store is unreal from the container store. She got these pantries where it was like, it was almost like a mix between like, um, some of those metal shelving, uh, those, those shelves you can get for like garages to like put tools on. But it was like high it was like classier. So it had wheels on it too. So you could like put a I mean it was like it was like to hold food and everything. So she bought those and then she got these like zip ups, these like canvas coverings with like a big zipper down the middle. So it was kind of a rolling pantry almost, and she had a couple of them. But she got those covers because what she could do is she could zip it down and then put like a little, it almost looked like those little diary locks, those little like journal locks that you probably break, for, break through But she would zip close So like Imagine growing up in a house And you, you know there's food You know there's food in those pantries But you're not getting it It's locked up Food's on lock So I remember I tried to like break into those sometimes So I would I think we did break into it once My sister and I We were always trying to get into those That was like our, our mission Our main mission so we get into it once and you know what was there those dry ass hundred calorie oreo hexagons it's one of those hundred calorie packs that got like huge I think like 2004 or something it was like you didn't feel bad because it was just 100 calories but the bags were tiny so you ended up eating four or five anyway we broke in and those were the only thing I didn't know Oreos like Oreos (laughs) I don't know what you were thinking those were bad. They were not that good. And to like see something with Oreo and then have it taste like that terrible, it felt like I was eating like like little cat snacks. It was it was terrible. But she locked up the food. And then the other thing that was crazy is she actually got, you know, it wasn't all her, you know, the team effort, parenting effort, and she was trying her best. You know, like, I gotta I gotta stay in check here. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to villainize anybody. That's not that's not my goal. But there are things that you kinda go through. There are things that you see where you're thinking, all right, what, what's going on? It wasn't my best interest, right? I was a huge, I was, was a balloon of a kid. And it helped. In fact, uh, kind of, I'll, I'll get back to the other thing that she did. But in seventh grade, I made a decision to stop drinking pop. Soda, soft drink, whatever. I hear if you're in the Midwest, it's pop. But I, uh, I decided to stop drinking pop. And it was amazing. I mean, I was I was getting like seven up every time we went out. I loved Diet Dr. Pepper. I loved all that. But I stopped drinking it, and then lo and behold, after not drinking it for like I don't know six months, maybe maybe it took like a whole year. I just I feel terrible every time I drink it now, even when so being older. Like a cocktail, like if if I get like a cocktail like with like a mixed drink, like the Jack and Coke, it's just not. I I would I would just rather be like whiskey on the rocks. I'm not dealing with that carbonation. I'm not dealing with stomach ache. So that was kind of a big thing. So. Uh, and I felt good. I mean, I was seventh grade, and you know what's really interesting. So I'll come back to to what else she did besides the pantry lock, is that earned so much respect from my dad, who was like, he always brought it up. He's like, Curtis, you've always had such good self discipline. Like, ever since you were in seventh grade, and you decided not to drink pop, like you've got such that you've got such good discipline. So, <laughs> thanks, Pop. Thanks for ah, get it. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Oh, Jeez, I hope somebody got that joke. But so the pantry gets locked up. And uh the other thing that she looked into was we were very hooked on like TV, but they bought like a 65, 70 inch TV at that time. And it was just incredible. It had these two tower speakers. If anybody uh is listening and and went to um and was around uh Thaxton in, in Laramie, my senior year, the TV that I brought was that TV. Just the huge tower speakers on the side, and like, I mean, it was still big, but like, it was right at the 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 dawn of the flat screen, so it went from like those big box TVs to like when they started to get a little slopy and they started to go little, um little thinner. But it was a huge TV. But regardless, so what she did is, and I don't even know if it was her what what the parentals in the household did. So you know, her and my dad, is they looked into these things where you could actually so uh as i've gotten older i, I thought about it's so those things where like you see so I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna overcomplicate this thing so she bought this thing where you could plug in the tv uh adapter into this like little console that you could put this plastic covering over and lock in the plug and then once it was plugged into that thing the power had to go through this like The power to go through this console and then into the wall. And what the console was, was it was this like uh, this keypad, this like digital lock keypad where we each had a code. It's like my brother, my sister and I, we each had a code that we could we could type in. And then that would give us like the allowance of time we had for the week. And it was I mean, it was like nothing. And I'm pretty sure that they used that to like moderate like you were good, you were bad. So this is how much time you got. So, I mean, that one, you couldn't break into that one. That one was like, that was locked. I mean, that was a lock box. So the time we got was the time we were going to enjoy. And they did that with our computers too. But, so that was like sort of my first like submersive uh, weight loss was the the pantry lock. And then the the TV lock was just something that that came up too. Uh, some other things that, that kind of came out because I was uh, such a, a big kid was my mom. So not so so just for kind of reference, and I'm sure I'll bring this up kind of in the future, but Audrey was my stepmom. My mom is my mom. Okay, so my, <laughs> my mom found this class that we went to. It was in Gurney. And the reason I remember it was in Gurney is because for one of the classes, we actually went to Gurney Mills, the mall. And just walked around like we had those old school pedometers that looked like um, like little beepers with like a little flip thing, so You could see the the screen and how many steps. But I only remember I, I we probably went to like we might have just gone to three classes and I might have remembered all three of those. But it was this this class you went to and it was like me and like I remember showing up and it was a bunch of other overweight kids and like their parents. It was kind of it's kind of looking back and it's kind of sad like we're all just these fat kids that are like. I don't know why we're here, but we're here. So let's just make the most of it. And the parents, meanwhile, you know, their perspective is like, God, my kid's so fat. I got to, I got to do something. And so we go to these classes and I remember we made these like, uh, these lettuce, like we just like took like a, a thing of lettuce and made like this lettuce wrap. And, uh, and then one day we, we played kickball in a parking lot. And then another day, the gurney mills day, we, uh. We walked around. We just like walked around Gurney Mills, which apparently is like a thing you do. I was talking to somebody who lives around Gurney and they're like, yeah, people sometimes just go there. It's like a walking mall. because It's just like a big lap. So, you know, growing up fat was just like really interesting. There were times where as I was like, uh, I would get like a family size bag of like Doritos or or Cheeto Puffs or really like Cheeto Puffs. I would sit on the couch, be watching cartoons. I I was probably watching Comedy Central earlier earlier than I should have. That's probably why I have this like subconscious desire to like perform stand up or like do like open mics in my free time. But I remember being a kid and and being on the couch and then I would be like, I would just have that routine of like grabbing a chip, eating a chip, grabbing a chip, eating a chip. And then before I know it, my hands at the bottom of the bag and I'm like, no, (laughs) my hand is not at the bottom of this bag. There's no way it's at the bottom of this bag. And then, like Oreos, I'd be like, there's no way I just ate two. (laughs) There's no way I just ate two columns of those. I was so fat that I thought that the Hot Pocket packages were the portion sizes. So I would always make both of them because I was like, this is like a, a box dinner, right? You just make whatever's in the box. So I would eat two Hot Pockets. So it's just crazy. I mean, you look back at all this and you're thinking, like, you just don't know any better as a kid. You're just like doing what you feel, you're just doing like, what you think is right and then all you have to pay for all this when you're older. like I've got I've lost so much weight from from college. I'm down probably now I'm down like, and I always say I weighed 300 pounds. I weighed 300 pounds for like three days. It was always kind of tough for me to get to that 300 pound mark. I mean I was realistically around like 285 296 on most days and then I remember I, one morning I drank like a lot of water and it was when they were really getting on the old line to push that weight. And I, I weighed in at three three 300.5. But it was always tough for me to, to put weight on, you know, which is crazy because it was so easy for me when I was a kid. But so now I'm down like 70 pounds from that highest mark. So I'm like 230, 235. But when I really was losing weight after football, I got down to 2. I remember I was 215, 220. And I didn't I didn't like it because as a, as a bigger dude... I felt like I became one of those like skinny dudes with like, I look like I had like a really awkward big head and my body was just like, it was just weird. So I, you know, put like 10, 15 pounds on, which I I like it. I mean, I, it's nice. I feel like I can like lift again and I don't experience as, as much. Like I'm not hungry as much as I was, but, uh, so I lost the weight. I lost a lot of weight. And even when I was bigger, so, from me being, like, a chubby kid to me being, like, a a th- a heavy, thick dude in college, I still had this, like, it was really interesting, like, a loose stomach, if that makes any sense. Like, because I was so big as a kid, because I got so big so fast, everything just stretched out. And then I got tall, but the skin's not going to go anywhere. So, when I did gain that weight, it kind of filled out almost in this, like, this, like, um this carrying space right around my torso so I knew when I was big in college I was like this isn't going to go anywhere and I'm going to work as hard as I can to like minimize it but even to this day like it's it's more in the front than anywhere but there's still kind of like that loose skin almost and it's not the worst thing on some days because it, it kind of always motivates me because even you know if I put a if I like wear a button down or if I wear like a decently loose fitting shirt. It, it looks like oh, that's a, that's a thin dude. But then I always know like no, there's still that stomach there. So it's kind of like that motivator. Like it's always gonna be there. And I don't really want to get surgery because I feel like it's in the same line of like no, you know, no fault to anybody who has a tattoo. But to me, I just I don't know if it's because I was such a fat kid growing up that like I I want to be like the most empowered by my body, like just what I have, like what I've been given without any alterations modification that I feel like if I go and I like cave on getting like a surgery to like correct my stomach then I just kind of forego the mental I can do this like there's got to be there's got to be enough hard work I can put in and maybe that's unrealistic but then I look at somebody like Jesus like David Goggins I mean I know that guy runs like 20 miles a day but that dude was huge and if you look at him run now I mean it doesn't look like he had any of that weight so I'm still trying to like I don't know, figure out. I had the thought the other day that, like, I, I don't think you get a six-pack. I know that's kind of, like, really stretching it for me, but I don't think you get a six-pack by just doing a bunch of crunches. I think it really comes down to diet. And so that kind of changed my, my thinking a little bit about I can't think that, oh, you know, if that's a goal of mine, I'm only going to be able to think about that when I'm at the gym because I think it's, like, other pieces to that. Which I'll say it again, you got to drink water. I mean, I drink water all the time, and it's it's crazy how much better I feel from when I was not years years and years of not drinking water but i didn't ask to be tall i didn't ask to be tall but i'm so glad i am because i was on the track to be a balloon of a kid and so i got tall and it's given me a lot it's given me so much but who knows i mean i was thinking about like as a personality develops did my personality develop because of, like, my height? So, like, I kind of fit into And, of, yeah, of course, yeah, right? Like, I carry myself different than I would if I was different height. I care about things different than if I would. So, then where is, like, the baseline of, like, okay, well, I still think things similar to other people. Is that part of life that just makes it fun? Like, we're all these different shapes and sizes. That's pretty fun. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. That's pretty unique. Bam, 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 bam. Took a little, took a little break there. Took a little podcast break. Took a break on my podcast. Memories. They're they're so fun to look back on. Seriously, it's like you get to look at all the change you've gone through, and you just get to. I don't know. It's like a, a um an appreciation of growth, celebration of growth. So. I've got, uh, I found all these pictures uh, from when I was uh, growing up. I mean, it ranges from like kindergarten to, you know, what do we have here? Like high school. Because um, these were all on this. I, my sister actually put together this graduation board when I graduated high school. Uh, and these are all just really good pictures. So I took them all off. Uh, and so I can keep them. They don't need the, the board anymore. I graduated. Party's over. But I've been looking at some pictures and it's just... It's just crazy to, I mean, that's what kind of started the whole, uh, it's just, you know, you start as like these little kids and then you just keep going. You just start getting facial hair, armpit hair. You just get hairy. But it's uh, it's been really awesome. I mean, I used to do like the buzz cut look. I'm trying to do like a little bit more of a, a flow thing. Some guy, I mean, there were some people in high school that had that down already. I mean, they really, it was, it, it took me like two years to figure out what I was going to do. With my hair, I used to cut my own hair in college. I used to just have buzzers and just do it. I got to the point where like I was kind of uh, particular about my my lining up. So I would take like electrical tape, and, like actually put it on like the back of my neck, and then just like f- follow that with the the trimmer to make sure I had everything lined up. But you know, it's uh, it's just growing. You're just getting getting older. You're getting getting wiser, right? You're getting. You know, they say, like, 20s is, like, your peak time. I get it, you know. I, like, physique-wise, you know, I, I know how to, like, work out and, and kind of build myself up and, you know, to look at myself now, to to know what I used to look at in the mirror when I was growing up is just is crazy. But I could go in circles about the now because if you're not, like, making actions now, you're just, like, going in circles. There's nothing you're really, like, talking about like what a severe waste of like 45 seconds I just spent here just not talking about anything but I being a kid was I mean it was just it wasn't that it wasn't that awesome at all times I mean I remember we lived in a neighborhood where there were a lot of kids that I don't know what it was about our family but we got like tormented by some of the neighborhood kids there was I I don't remember some of their names but like they would come over and like just stand in our driveway and just like start lighting firecrackers off in our garage while we were just trying to hang out. You know, I remember I had this like tree house and I had this like little woody, uh, when Toy Story was coming out, I had like this little Woody doll action figure. I mean, I was like, God, oh, I didn't have a doll, I had an action figure. And then I had this like little first act guitar and this little amp, and I put it up in this treehouse and I don't mean to go like too morbid here, but this is like this just it's it stuck with me because it was like, how in the world did this happen to me in like second grade? But I leave this stuff in the treehouse. I go back out there the next day, and it was like morning dew, so I probably shouldn't have left the guitar out in like an outdoor treehouse. Guitar strings snapped, just completely guitar mutilated. Woody was had a noose around his neck like. What in the world would drive somebody to go to that length? And if it was who I think it I mean, they were like high school kids. So it was just like, come on. Easy target, baby. You know, I was, I was a plump of a kid. Maybe easy target. I don't know. But it was just those weird things that happened when I was younger where it's just like, what do you even make of that in kind of the environment of like everything else was fine. Like every, you know, family was you know it was what it was and you're gonna go through like you know the only weird thing about family for for at least for me i can speak on and and, you know maybe for my brother and sister is it was just interesting to be at the age we were at and then have to like learn how to pack your things because of of custody so we would have to go back and forth which is probably why i like sales now to be completely honest is this kind of this um on the road mentality you know i love driving i love you know i uh I'm getting better at better at, you know, packing that carry-on, being efficient with that carry-on. But when you grow up and you got practice with it, you're probably going to be all right. But I said this in the first one, this is not at all pity party. It's just unfortunate there's some things that happened when I grew up that you know, you don't um you don't really like if you don't put it out there, then the first time you hear it it's like, "Oh wow, that's that's pretty wild." But it was all just like things to look back on and And it's just, it is what it is. And uh, the, um, I guess the greatest thing about all those experiences is that I now have sort of like a roadmap to myself as far as like, because there was such a wide spectrum of like where those things, like how those things made me feel and like what they were and what each moment like was uh, consisted of there's so many pieces that if, if I take the time, which I do to figure out, okay, what, why, like what was going on? What's, what are some of the like patterns that I don't, I don't really get it. Like, why is this sometimes how things go? But you know, a lot of that stopped, to be honest, when I got into middle school. So grade school is just weird just because I think, uh, I don't really think about it a lot, to be honest. Because when I got into middle school, that's when I started to make some good friends. You know, my brother mentioned on the interview on Sunday, you know, just being uh, participating in sports is just, I think, is one of the best things you can do as a kid because of exactly what he went through. Or one of the reasons being what he went through is you get to meet all these people before school starts. And then you almost have like this brotherhood, this bond with people before you get into like the ocean of your other classmates. On top of all the things uh, that you get from it, hard work, ethic, teamwork, um you know, being able to pursue a goal together, achieve a goal together, experience all that success together. But for me, football kind of took off in middle school, so that that was when things became a breeze. And, and there is one thing i I do want to make, uh, just sure that's known is I, I listen back to uh, some of these and and a theme that I hear is, you know, I, I'm so fascinated by friendships and I make it sound like I'm like this alone, the loneliest person in the world who hasn't made a friend in, in 26 years. I have a lot of really great friends, really, really great friends. And I wish I hung out with them more. I wish that I was in, you know, we, I, we, one thing that I've noticed. Okay. So kind of taking a, a, a step back here between the friends that I grew up with, with Marion, like, uh, up in Woodstock. And then friends that I had that went to some public schools is it seems like a lot of people from Marion, at least in my friend group, we just branched out. Like we don't all really live close to each other. So we don't have that luxury of like, now I live really close to, so I'll just, I'll name drop here and, you know, please reach out to me if this is uh, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, big, big, <laughs> big Lee, but uh, but Liam Kerwin is one of my best friends from high school, and what was really interesting about mine and Liam's friendship is freshman year when I went to Marion, I didn't know anybody, and it wasn't until sophomore year when the famous, the infamous, Coach Steve Spoden went up to Liam. He said, "Liam, you see that big awkward guy over there? You got to get his ass in the weight room, and you got to get that fire started. And then from there, it just took off. And Liam and I, it was just incredible how fast we became as good of friends as we are. I still hang out with him now. He lives, just I mean, he still lives in the city. He's married. I love Liam. I love Tara. It's just amazing to to get together with them. And." I just there's that I there's that there's got to be the gratitude for that, you know. So I just wanted to to take a second and say, you know, in all of this, I'm not this like hermit of a person, because it just so happens that at this point in our lives, we're just kind of developing these these different things, right? I'm still trying to figure out. Okay, so I've lived in the city for about a year. You know, where am I going to next? The the idea of like saving money. It's just that that is that idea is growing and growing and growing and growing and and I am saving money. I mean, a couple weeks ago I set up a Roth IRA, so I have to slow down when I say that because every time I've been saying it's like Roth IRA. So you know I'm I'm doing those things. I'm taking those steps, but long term, right? Like, do you invest in you know? I interviewed Shane. He bought a condo. So like, when do you start to value like property? And, you know, maybe it's good for me just to kind of get some experience before I'm like, OK, time to time to really lock in some property here. So it's just we're all kind of, you know, we're all in our, our different path. We're all taking our different journey. Uh, but that's, you know, that's more of now. And, you know, it's fun starting this with some stories. And I guess that's that's what I always want this to, to come back to is I want this to be something where I don't know how long I'm going to remember stuff. And I know that that's very dramatic for being 26 years old, but my grandpa, he fell in love with this woman. Uh, they married. My grandpa used to, so kind of going off here, my grandpa used to caravan around the country. He used to travel in an Airstream. And he used to do summer phone with Gramps. And he did with all the, the grandchildren except me and actually my cousin, who is uh, 27 days uh, older than me. Nate, love you, Nate. If you're listening, you're my dude. But him and I are the only ones who didn't do it i had football and i think nate um he just got really busy with school but my summer my gra- <laughs> my summer my grandpa used to do summer fun with grants, where he used to take uh one of his grandkids and they would just tour the country in the airstream they would just pick a, a part of the country to go to so on that caravan because it was like these groups that would do it he met this woman linda and they fell absolutely in love. I mean, here's my grandpa who's just out on the road living his living his life. He had Harley Davidson. I mean, he used to have this like pickup with like this huge um like this huge attachment for the the pickup bed truck where you could he would put his Harley. So you always knew when grandpa's in town because you would see this just massive uh this almost like mini house on on the back of his truck. And out on the road he finds Linda and she uh, developed Alzheimer's so it's just very close to see that you just don't know I mean Linda was one of the brightest quickest wittiest just uh, most amazing people and then to to see what is, is just happened it, it's just kind of t- you just don't know and you know, I can sit here and I can I can talk about or I can think about life and, and all all that it is, but there's so much that you don't know about what could happen, that if I can just take the time to appreciate what I've been through and to just take the time to remember it and to grow from it, I feel like I'm really going to appreciate it as I get older. And this doesn't take away from the things that I'm pursuing. It just adds to it because it gives, it, it gives me that understanding that I can dive deeper into what I'm pursuing because I'm I know that I'm caring about this right now, and it's almost like I was talking to somebody today who was saying, uh, you know, putting SPF on, even if you go for a run, is like an insurance policy on your skin. So I'm doing this as sort of an insurance policy for when I get older. I'm gonna have these these things to to remember. So I just like I like telling stories. I like to look back on, you know, where where has my life been? So I found these pictures from the the high school. Uh, graduation board and it's just been crazy to I mean here's I'm looking at one right now with uh, you know my dad and this guy uh, Tony Malone we went to my dad used to have season tickets uh, to Bears games so we just always went to Bears games and, and right away it's like my first memory from that is I was 15 years old I was getting my permit and my dad was like you're driving in the city today so as I have my permit I'm learning how to drive in the city of Chicago so that's made me I'd say a little testy on the highway now, you know, I, I kind of, I find gaps maybe learning on it, you know, so, uh, driving in the city though is you, you don't realize that all the street lights are on the side. So if you, you know, I remember when I was 15, I was like, this is so weird. I have to, I feel like I'm like, it'd be better. I'd be best served as like, a, um, like an iguana or like a chameleon with my eyes on the side of my head. So I could see these streetlights a little bit better, but you know, just just memories like that. I mean, the, the Bears games were were just incredible. I remember when I first went to the one of my first games, I just remember thinking, you know, so you know, here I was. I was playing like uh, – I was in like eighth grade maybe. Uh, and even in high school, like if you just think about the size of the players compared to the size of the field, to see film from like high school and like watch us play and then go and see the NFL, you're just like, is the field smaller? Like what the – but they're just these massive dudes out there, and I just remember thinking that's just absolutely incredible, just hearing the, the pads pop. So it's just you know fun memories like that, and uh, but it's uh, you know, if, you, if you're listening, thank you. I mean, I really do appreciate. I'm. I mean, this is your time that that you're you're tuning in, and you're you're caring about whatever has to come out of my mouth and I really appreciate that so you know each time that I do one of these I'm always like the next time I do one it's it's like god why I'm like saying this is another theme like this this is what I'm gonna talk about this is what I'm gonna do but uh it's just it's just nice to I don't know just kind of steer into like a whole different mindset almost like you know all day I think about work all day I think about you know what what are my plans what what's going on there and just to kind of have this like this slowdown, and just allow myself the opportunity to to look back a little bit uh so with that you know kind of taking a a dip in all these different um thoughts here I do want to bring up trying to find uh my phone but I do want to bring up I was walking the other day and, and I just always like when some of these thoughts come into my head because you know it just gives me that hope that if there is any reason why we kind of have those those insightful moments this this could be one of them but it's just the idea that sometimes when you get that narrow mindset where there's so much going on around you you don't know how to kind of open it up open open your thoughts up again I just had this very enlightening connection between like I was thinking like the top of my head and kind of around my, my torso a little bit. And it was the thought of I, I'm the one who controls the flow of information that I can handle in any given moment. And I'm the one that controls the flow of how that's affecting me. And if I'm letting it go or if I'm absorbing it or if I'm retaining any, any of that information. And so I was walking um, after work. I just went for a walk with my dog. And just see so much of the traffic going, it was just kind of like after a a hectic day at work, it was just a lot going on. And I thought, well, if I, if I stand at this stoplight and I think to myself that all of these stimulants going on, if I can just like be conscious of the fact that none of it should be overwhelming me, because if I just open the, the capacity of which I'm kind of absorbing all of this and I open up the capacity to which I can like almost dump it out kind of like this flow of water, you know, from my head to my torso. There's that calming balance. And so that was just something that was kind of interesting to me is then I started thinking, you know, how open are those floodgates? How, how open is that valve of information? How much am I allowing to be poured in? How much am I pouring out if, if I don't need to retain all of it? And then uh, the the next one was I went for a run on the morning, uh, early morning, and I didn't, I didn't want to keep running. It was like at first it felt really good, and then it just started to get that, that resistance started to build up. And I thought, if you consider visually, kind of like around you, you're running in this like this tank of water. Okay, think about the resistance that you would feel if you were in this tank of water. That's sort of like that lactic acid that's building up is you're you're fighting through this resistance and so i was running on this trail and it makes it convenient because i'm running on this trail that's kind of narrow and you have to stay on this path it's this padded path but i'm running and i'm thinking if if the path that i'm on i'm submerged in like this tank of water We're like technically you can kind of feel like how high is the water because if you run into the ocean if you've haven't been to the ocean get to the ocean Feel the, or even just some of those those water parks or whatever where the water builds up. It's got that slope. When you first hit that water, it's easy. It's right at your ankles. You're patting through it. No problem. But then as you get deeper and deeper and deeper, that resistance builds and you're having to pick your your knees up higher. You're having to push your hips forward more. You're having to, now now you're deeper and you got to get your your arms moving. You got to fight that with your arms. When you're running outside, just because there's no water around you, just because you're running in this free space, doesn't mean that your body's not fighting you. Your muscle fatigue isn't fighting you. So if you can imagine surrounding you as this water, this resistance, and you start to engage your hips a little bit different than you would have if you just thought that you're just kind of like slumping into the next, the next step, you're kind of falling into the next run. And now you're act, you're more active. You're being proactive in the push in the, because if water's there, you've got to keep fighting that water. You can't just lackadaisically run through that water. You've got to be the force in that water. And so that really helped because it. I almost felt like I was having more of like my back align because now I'm like activating hips when I normally wouldn't have activated hips or I'm kind of bringing my lower back into it when normally I would have kind of started to hunch over a little bit. So that can help me too. Because so I thought that as I'm running, I'm kind of in this linear, like just this eternal, this never-ending uh, water track that I'm on and it kind of helped me. And then if it did start getting harder, the water's just rising. That's it. So I've got to fight more. Of course, if I'm running longer and harder, the resistance is going to increase because I'm, I'm getting tired. And then, uh, that got me to, as I'm finishing up the run, I'm thinking, you know, there are some times in life where it feels like the difference between getting outside and running and going to the gym and running on the treadmill. And I think for me, what I thought about is I've had a couple of shoulder surgeries. So it was just that almost like rehab feeling of sometimes you have to take a beat. You have to just work on the form opposed to work on the distance. But what's interesting is if you think about we have this baseline measure measuring tool, this measurement of everybody's going to get to a certain miles. Everybody's going to get to a certain time running. But how are you getting to those times? Are you going to a treadmill and saying, whether I like it or not, I'm going to be moving my body for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. But as long as I don't have to get distracted by all of these things around me and I, and I just tell myself I'm going to be moving, maybe I can focus a little bit more on the form. And then are you, do you live your life in a way where you don't focus on how much you're chasing something or how much you're pursuing, but instead, how are you getting there? What's your form like? How do you treat people? How do you think about things? Because if your form's good and much like the treadmill analogy, the distance is going to come to you. If your form's good, you're going to end up in the places you need to end up. But if you're someone on the flip side, everybody has their different way of living life. If you're someone on the flip side where you wake up, you get outside, you hit that, you hit that ground run and you're like, I don't care how my form is. I'm getting there. I'm getting there at this time. I'm getting there this fast. Then maybe you can handle more intense terrains. Maybe you're someone who can adapt more to the the um, road you're running on. But on the flip side, you also run the risk of twisting an ankle. Or as somebody who just focuses on the form of a treadmill, they're going to be pretty line, but they might get bored. It might be like, I've been running in the same spot for, you know, let's say we're, we're working towards a project. Six months, I've been running in the same spot. My form's really good, but damn, I'm bored. Or someone who's been running for six months, like, I have learned so much in these six months running outside, but I've had to recover more than if I were just, so, you know, kind of uh, uh, beating a dead horse there, but I just thought that, um, you know, those were just a couple of thoughts that, you know, the more that I can stay, sort of in tune, with like, okay, what does this feel like? You know, what, what, what can I think of, that if I were in that situation, feels like this because I can't really explain this, but maybe I can kind of connect it to something. So, uh, the last thing that I I want to say. Is, you know, recently I am just now like really figuring out how to not be selfish, but just to know that the work I have to put into myself is the work I have to put into myself. And what has unfortunately gotten in the way of that sometimes is I've talked about it with, uh, I talked about it with Shane. I talked about it on some of the the solo Uh, sessions that I've done, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. But this idea that I have to connect with somebody to feel this sense of like, self worth, like if if I can't get somebody to approve of me or to validate me or to like me, then then what's the then what am I doing? And I just want to say that no matter what connections I've had with people romantically in the past, Or no matter how my relationships have gone. I have to just remind myself. That if it didn't work out. It wasn't meant to work out. And by it not working out. The door is now open again to somebody. In the future. And the idea that that door closed. And now you're just this. Now I'm just this. uh, This stranded. You know seeker. And the desert of life is, is very naive and it's, um, what's the word? It's, uh, it's very small minded. So that was just something where that kind of really locked in of, it's just incredible. It's just amazing to have that hope again, because hope is really what's going to really, I mean, it's what comes up for me a lot and it's what keeps things going for me. So Uh, you know, like I said, if if you're listening, thank you so much. I I really can't thank you enough. And I really hope that, you know, you get something out of this and, um, you know, don't hesitate to, to reach out to me. You know, if you want to, you know, chat with me, if you want to sit down and kind of dive in a little bit, just, uh, just let me know, but, uh, have a good, have a good day. Thank you.